could be. You could be. But I try to watch. Pay attention when you're going to push the button. Okay. We're back. Hi. Just like we said we'd be back. It's Saturday today. Saturday. It's um, Chip Saturday. and Allison. Chip and Allison. Here we are. It's me. Allison. <laughs> <laughs> that is so wrong. <laughs> Allison. It's me, Allison. <laughs> I'm here to read the Bible. What's up, guys? Hope you're having a good Saturday, aka I hope you're having a good Monday. Today, Do you is get a, that today? Because nobody reads the Bible on Saturday. That's not true. I know it's not true. I'm just not teasing. Enough. This year we're doing better. I know people are doing a really good job. They are doing. They are doing better. I said it. Uh, I don't know if I've said it yet on the podcast, but you know, I watch the numbers not for the sake. I don't care. Like, if it's a consistent ten, then it's good. Like, I look for the consistency. I don't care about the number of people listening. But if it's a consistent number, it seems like we're pretty consistent. Yeah, I think so. It's really good. Today's so, a today's a good day too because we get to we is. get to read Romans. Yeah, or as you always call it, I can't wait. What? Quitmans. That's what you always say. Quitmans. Yep. That's not even. Take it up with you. You would have to start it. With I a, came up with it, Eric. So stop taking it from me. It would have to start with a row. Row quit. <laughs> I don't know how you can do it. I, oh, you always call That's what, okay, I'm sorry. I wasn't, because I don't listen when you get discouraging about your jokes, I wasn't paying close attention to you saying no mens. No mens. Like, yeah, it's no mens. Yeah, that's what I said. Romans is an exciting book. It is. Romans exciting. is considered by many to be the best um, of Paul's writing. <clears throat> and he's writing to people he's never met and outlining the gospel for them because. He does not want false teaching to take root in Rome. That is a big problem. If the church in Rome had false teaching sneak in. And he never made it there after he wrote that, right? Well, he did. He, he did died there. It? Yeah, he got taken to Rome. He died in yeah, he was arrested and brought to Rome. Oh, yeah. yeah. But he didn't get to go like... Oh, he stayed... He Was Was he jailed there for mm -hmm. a while? Mm -hmm. That's where he... And then he preached. Yeah, and as at the, I think at the end of the book of Acts, it says like... People were allowed to come visit him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Okay, I'm with yeah. you now. But yeah, yes. so Romans, um, you know, all roads lead to Rome, which means all roads in Rome lead everywhere else. So if false doctrine took root in Rome, then false missionaries would go out across the world. So he, having never been there, was like, I need to write to these people and tell them, I really want to meet you, and then lay out the entirety of the gospel, gotcha. which is amazing because now today we can read the book of Romans, and it's got <laughs> the entire plan of God for all mm -hmm. time laid out and it talks about all kinds of crazy stuff in there. So it's great. <clears throat> pretty amazing. And today, sorry, well, go ahead. Yeah. Speaking of today, today, <laughs> today is day 55. Uh, we're going to read num numbers 11 through 13 in Romans one. Yep. So numbers 11. Numbers 11. This is going to be a shocking headline. The people complain to Moses. No, they don't. Seriously. It happened soon. Soon, the people began to complain about their hardship. And the Lord heard everything they said. The Lord's anger blazed against them, and he sent a fire to rage, rage among them. And he destroyed some of the people in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people screamed to Moses for help. And when he prayed to the Lord, fire stopped. After that, the area was known as Taberah, which means the place of burning, because fire from the Lord had burned among them there. 
Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. We had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic that we wanted. But now our appetites are gone. All we ever see is manna. The manna looked like small coriander seeds, and it was pale yellow, like gum resin. The people would go out and gather it from the ground. They made flour by grinding it with hand mills or pounding it in mortars. They boiled it in a pot to make it into flat cakes. These cakes tasted like pastries baked with olive oil. The manna came down on the camp with the dew during the night. Moses heard all the families standing in the doorways of their tents whining, and the Lord became extremely angry. Moses was also very aggravated, and Moses said to the Lord, Why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burden of all these people? Did I give birth to them? Fair enough. <laughs> did I bring them into the world? Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? How can I carry them to the land you swore to give their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep whining to me, saying, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. The load is far too heavy. If this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me this ministry, ministry misery. Moses chooses <clears throat> 70 leaders. Then the Lord said to Moses, gather before me 70 men who are recognized as elders and leaders of Israel. Bring them to the tabernacle, tabernacle to stand there with you. I will come down and talk to you there. I will take some of the spirit that is upon you, and I will put the spirit upon them also. They will bear, bear the burden of the people along with you, so you will not have to carry it alone. And say to the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow you will have meat to eat. You were whining, and the Lord heard you when you cried, Oh, for some meat. We were better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat, and you, won't ha you will have to eat it. And it won't be just for just a day or two or five or ten or even twenty. You will eat it for a whole month until you gag and are sick of it. For you have rejected the Lord who is here among you, and you have whined to him, saying, Why did we ever leave Egypt? But Moses responded to the Lord, There are 600,000 foot soldiers here with me, and yet you say, I will give them meat for a whole month. Even if we butchered all our flocks and herds, would that satisfy them? Even if we caught all the fish in the sea, would that be enough? Then the Lord said to Moses, Has my arm lost its power? Now, that, now you will see whether or not my word comes true. So Moses went out and reported the Lord's words to the people. He gathered the 70 elders and stationed them around the tabernacle. And the Lord came down to find out whether the people living... Oh, hang on. Did I do mm -hmm. too many pages? Came down sorry, in the cloud. Sorry. I turned too many pages. I apologize. In the cloud and spoke to Moses. Then he gave the 70 elders the same spirit that was upon Moses. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied. But this has never happened again. Two men, Eldad and Medad, had stayed behind in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but they had not gone out to the tabernacle. Yet the Spirit rested upon them as well, so they prophesied there in the camp. A young man ran and reported to Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' assistant since youth, protested, Moses, my master, make them stop. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his Spirit upon them all. And then Moses returned to the camp with the elders of Israel. The Lord sends quail. Now the Lord sent a wind that brought quail from the sea and let them fall all around the camp. For miles in every direction, there were quail fly, flying about three feet above the ground. So the people went out and caught quail all that day and throughout the night and all the next day too. No one gathered left less than 50 bushels. They spread the quail all around the camp to, to dry. 
But while they were gorging themselves on the meat, while it was still in their mouths, the anger of the Lord blazed against the people, and he struck them with a severe plague. So that place was called Kibroth Hatava, which means graves of gluttony, because they were buried because there they buried the people who had craved meat from Egypt. From Kibroth Hatava, the Israelites traveled to Hazaroth, where they stayed for some time. The complaints of Miriam and Aaron. While they were at Hezeroth, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. They said, Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them. Now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. So immediately the Lord called to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam and said, Go out to the tabernacle, all three of you. So the three of them went to the tabernacle. Then the Lord descended in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron and Miriam, he called, and they stepped forward. And then the Lord, said, the Lord said to them, Now listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he is the one I trust. I speak to him face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. So why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? The Lord was very angry with them, and he departed. As a cloud moved from above the tabernacle, where there stood Miriam, her skin as white as snow from leprosy. When Aaron saw what had happened to her, he cried out to Moses, Oh, my master, please don't punish us for the sin we have so foolishly committed. Don't let her be like a stillborn baby already decayed at birth. So Moses cried out to the Lord, Oh God, I beg you, please heal her. But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had done nothing more than spit in her face, wouldn't she be defiled for seven days? So keep her outside the camp for seven days, and after that she may be accepted back. So Miriam was kept outside the camp for seven days, and the people waited until she was brought back before they traveled again. Then they left Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. Twelve Scouts Explore Canaan. Numbers chapter 13. The Lord now said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan the land I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the twelve ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out twelve men, all tribal leaders from Israel, Israel from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. There, excuse me, these were the tribes and the names of their leaders. Tribe, we got Reuben. Reuben. <laughs> I'm a mess right now. Hang on, let's try this again. The tribe is Reuben. The leader is Shemua, son of Zakur. Simeon. Shaphat, son of Hori, Judah, Caleb, son of Jephunneh, Issachar, Egal, son of Joseph, Ephraim, Hoshea, son of Nun, Benjamin, Palti, son of Raphu, Zebulun, Gadiel, son of Sodi, Manasseh, son of Joseph, Gadi, son of Susi, <laughs> Dan, Amiel, son of Gamali, Asher, Sethur, son of Michael, Naphtali, Nabi, son of Vofsi and Gad, Geuel, son of Maki. These are the names of the men Moses sent out to explore the land. Moses called Hoshea, son of Nun, by the name Joshua. Moses, shush it. <laughs> Moses gave these men instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. Go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops you see. It happened to be the season for harvesting the first ripe grapes. 
So they went up and explored the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob near Lebo Hamath. Going north, they passed through the Negev and arrived at Hebron, where Ahiman, Sheshai, and Talmai, all descendants of Anak, lived. The ancient town of Hebron was founded 70 years before the Egyptian city of Zoan. When they came to the valley of Eshkol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. They also brought back samples of the pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshkol, which means cluster, because of the cluster of grapes the Israelite men cut there. The Scouting Report. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. Uh, we entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed bountiful country, the land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the, live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood there before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes, li goes to live there. All the people we saw there were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Okay, we're going to jump forward here to Romans chapter 1. Greetings from Paul. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them, so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I'm writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God, and called to be his own holy people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. God's good news. Let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night I bring you and your needs in prayer to God, whom I serve with all my heart, by spreading the good news about his Son. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come to, at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to, to be encouraged by yours. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit, just as I have seen among other Gentiles. For I have a great sense of obligation to people in both civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and uneducated alike. So I am eager to come to you in Rome to preach the good news. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. 
as the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. God's, <clears throat> God's anger at sin. But God shows his anger from heaven against all the sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he's made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did violent and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, and yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. And that, that is, is our reading, reading today. today. That is our reading today. <coughs> Miriam had to go sit outside the camp and tan. I'm, she was so pale. There were so many things that God said in that that I was just... <laughs> you know what always gets you me three. about Romans 1? Let's go. I know, seriously. As a mother of three, I bet you... You, can... <laughs> you three, outside. Or or the where Moses... Who, who hasn't been where Moses was when he's like, God, why should I be in charge of all of these? I know. Well, what? and there no. you are as a teacher. <laughs> what? This, this really speaks to you. All they do is complain. This really speaks to you today. It really did. You know what I love uh, in that Romans 1 passage? Not love, but like it resonates with me. They invent, invent new, new ways, ways of, of sinning. sinning. It's crazy. Because you'll hear some people say like, well, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm, sin is the thing that's not new under the sun. But we are constantly coming up with new ways to New sin. ways to do it. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. New packaging for old sins. Mm-hmm. And man alive, are we seeing that today? Mm -hmm. Okay, but we read that with two questions in mind. How does this help me love God more or better or mo better? And how does this help me love others more or better or mo better? Oh, so, um, the uh, you, you're going to have to start because oh my! But I don't even know which question you want me to answer. I don't either. Okay. Does that is that playing? That's playing tricky, like risky. I mean, no, but I mean, I just don't want to set you up to not be able to answer um, questions. Well, I could probably, um, I could probably go with uh, what he said. God, it makes me. I think God. I think that's what I'll go with. Okay, so you love God more. Do you want me to do others then? Yes. Okay. Listen, Aaron and Miriam are Moses's older siblings. Mm -hmm. Um. 
and they've been thrown into a scenario where they have to watch their younger brother, who, by the way, grew up in a cush life. Um, they have to watch him lead, and they're not the leaders. And man, I think sometimes many of us would say that we have been in scenarios where the person leading is not someone that we <clears throat> want leading us or respect to lead us or whatever, that we might think, man, I'm more qualified to lead. I'm better at things than this person. And the bottom line is, especially, you know, we'll see later in Romans that this is true. God puts leaders in place, man. Like you have to submit to that. You have to, and I think that's loving each other. Loving each other means submitting to the leaders God's placed in your life, even if you don't like that they're there. And even if you don't um, appreciate their leadership, even if you think that you'd be a better leader. And listen, this is something that's not foreign to me. I have this in my life, you know. Um, but the reality is that God put me where I am. God put them where they are. And to love that person, love your leader. Your leaders are not exempt from love. So to love your leaders well means to follow them, to submit to them, to submit to their authority. And then the only other thing I'll say is, Man, if we can love others better, going over to Romans, we can love others better by being very clear about what we believe. And I think that that is kind of written between the lines of Romans, where Paul has never been there. He's never met them. And yet he wants to be very open with them and help them to find truth and make sure that they're strong on the truth. So that's another way to love others better, too. Um, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous you were going to say, no. No, wrong. No. Wrong. Way to go, stupid. <laughs> Here's your quail. Yeah, I absolutely love um, one of the, I love a, a lot of things. This makes me love God more in a lot of ways that may not be like, that are, I guess, maybe funny, you know, mm -hmm. just like when he's, when he's says uh you, you know you three out here and then when he says where is it um has my arm lost its power now you will see whether or not my word mm -hmm. comes true um i think this is where we start well we've seen it obviously but with the it, the israelites coming out of egypt but we, we're gonna see more and more like the top of this was the complaints of Miriam and Aaron. The people complained to Moses. Mm -hmm. Those are the two, for, you know, two of the first right. headings that we have. And so we see we, they start out complaining and, um, and they are disobedient and they are just absolutely awful. And we don't think about very often about the grace that God shows them in the Old Testament mm -hmm. um, that we tend to look at the fact that he did this, you know, like they burned up and they, you know, this person was instantly killed and things like that. But the amount of times that they were, it says the Lord was very angry with them. Um, and that's, it said that the anger of the Lord blazed against the people and he struck them with a severe plague. He, um, he never fire. left them on their own and said, I'm done and walked away from them. And he didn't have to send quail to prove his, you know, what he could do and the fact that he was in charge and he could send them whatever he didn't have to do. He didn't owe them any explanation right. or any proof of his, he had already parted the Red Sea. He had already done miracle after miracle. You know, 
he didn't have to do any of that but right. in my opinion i feel like that's even more grace to be like no look look what i'm capable of look what i will do for you i feel like he shows them grace over and over and yeah. over in all of these different ways so it just really makes me love god more that they were being brats i mean absolute brats i remember all the fish we got to eat for free when we were slaves yeah and you know just a good life yeah when we were being mistreated and begged you for yeah uh deliverance yeah wish we could go back there yeah we didn't want deliverance we want to join us Oh, man. <laughs> I was picturing while we were reading this scene of this strong wind blowing in quail. Like, they're all camped. And then the wind picks up. We're from Kansas. We got wind. Mm -hmm. um, well, neither of us is from Kansas. But we live in, we Kansas, live in Kansas. And we got wind. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if it got really windy one day and just, Quail's just enough quail to, to feed two million people comes flying in out of nowhere? God's like, you want you a quail, quail, right? <laughs> you want meat? I'm going to give you enough for a month. I'll give you some meat. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> oh, by the way, if you go and gorge yourselves on it, you're going to die. So. It's so funny. This whole, everything that we just read, and, uh, I just can't get over. You three, outside. <laughs> yeah. Get out of the tabernacle, all three of you. So they all three went to the tabernacle. You could see them all walking like, sorry. <laughs> I don't think Moses was sorry. I think Moses was just Moses the most humble the man who ever lived. He was the most humble man who ever lived. And that's... It's the funny. year that... It might have been the first year. The year that Chip looked at me and goes, didn't Moses write this? Like, And, and Chip knew Moses wrote it. It wasn't like he was asking. Right, right. <laughs> it was so nice of the author of this book to say that Moses was the most humble man. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's it. Go eat some quail. I think you can get it on Grub, Grubhub. DoorDash. And it'll come in the wind. Yeah. Like you order it on DoorDash and billions of quail come falling <laughs> in your yard. <laughs> Only eat a little bit of it, though. Yeah. Don't eat too much. That is bad. Yeah. All right. Have a good day. We love you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. 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 Hang up. Oh. Hang up the phone. Wrong button. What is wrong with you? Press the red button. No, that's not. Is it off? It's not off. <laughs>